kingdom of God is inside you and all around you. I've been on this planet for 31 years and there's nothing here for me. And they were saying to the person I was with that they felt the last final ingredient would be for the vehicles to be dead. Not in a mansion of wood and stone. When doing a Wiccan ritual, one feels in connection with something very, very old and connected to the earth. And those things that we find deeply moving and beautiful, the moon, the sunsets, those parts of nature that we don't understand that give us a sense of mystery and awe. Split a piece of wood and God is there. Lay down your life with dignity. Don't lay down with tears and agony. There's nothing to death, it's like Max said, it's just stepping over in another plane. Don't, don't be this way. Stop this hysterics. This is not the way for people who are socialist communists to die. Lift a stone and you will find God. Hey everyone, thank you for dropping in to the Heretic Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Kay. Today we have Stephanie on with us, and Stephanie, Stephanie and I were introduced through a mutual friend who will also eventually be on the show. So shout out to Jenny for hooking us up here. Stephanie has had some really interesting paranormal encounters, starting from when she was just a, just a child and up into her adulthood, but I'm not here to tell you that story. She is. So Stephanie, where would we like to begin today? Sure. Thank you so much for having me on. And um, and we both love Jenny so much. So thank you, Jenny, for connecting us as well. Um, so my first paranormal experience ever was in the house that I uh, grew up in. And this house was a three-bedroom ranch. It was a pretty small house. And the backstory on this house is pretty interesting. So this house was built by a young man who went off into World War II and never got to come home. He didn't really get a lot of time to enjoy this house. But my first encounter there was when I was about four years old. My sister actually ended up taking over uh, renting this house. My, my mom and I moved to a different house and my sister was 20 years older than I. So um, she ended up renting this house and I would spend the weekends with her. And her and her boyfriend were in the kitchen arguing and I was hungry. So I came into the kitchen and I just politely, <laughs> quietly sat at uh, the kitchen table, which was there in the kitchen. And uh, mid argument, we all hear something slide and we collectively look up, they stop arguing and a 10, cookie jar is levitating adjacent to the top of the cupboard and it's suspended in air for several seconds it felt like a lifetime and then it finally falls and crashes and for several years i think i was probably about 11 or 12 um i heard my my sister telling the story and i thought it was a dream for the longest time but that actually happened and um i had told this story and on, on a YouTube channel a long time ago. And my sister had made mention of it. And one of um, her childhood friends had mentioned how that house had never really stayed rented because it was so haunted. 
And uh, basically her childhood friend agreed with what she was saying. She said, she said that everyone who had stayed there said that it was incredibly haunted. And I think they tore that house down about five years ago. Oh, so it's completely gone completely gone it's just it's just a lot now when I look on Google Earth and it's kind of kind of sad because there's so many memories there but um, my sister when she lived there alone uh, and I, I must have been staying with her because it was a weekend and I was there um, my my niece her daughter was actually a year older than me and we would um, just sleep in my niece's bed. My sister woke us up in the middle of the night and drug us to her room. And um, we didn't know why for a long time, but she said that one night she got up in in the middle of the night to um, get some water. And when she um, left her bedroom, there was a man sitting on on the couch, not sitting on like the part that you usually sit on, but was actually sitting on the back of the couch and she said she could see the window behind him um, and it terrified her and she was so scared she came and got us and, and um, she moved out of that house fairly shortly after that. But I, I remember being young and our family dogs would often uh, put their head in the seat of the rocking chair like somebody was talking to them or petting them, their tails would be wagging. So <laughs> oh, wow. pretty, pretty strange right off the bat in terms of um, my very paranormal life. But um, my next paranormal experience that I had, I was six. My uh, maternal grandmother, she lived with us, uh, my mom and I and my brother. And she, um, she had passed away. And my mom and I, um, we usually slept on the, on the couch together. I had my own room, but I was always sleeping with mom and my mom had COPD. So it was really hard for her to sleep in a bed. So she just slept on the couch most of the time. And so we were, um, up late watching TV and my mom muted the TV and she asked me if I heard that. And it was a very, very distinct sound of somebody slowly walking down the stairs and we heard the footsteps cross like in front of us, in front of the TV and go into the kitchen. And then we heard them come back around and go back up the stairs. It was super bizarre, but my brother had, I think um, the craziest experience with that. And I, I do believe that was the spirit of my grandmother, but my brother at the time had a girlfriend and my grandmother for whatever reason did not like her. And after my grandmother passed, my brother ended up um, moving into her room and she had a perfectly good bed. She didn't die in the bed. It wasn't weird. So he just <laughs> took her bed and um, they were sleeping in there. And in the middle of the night, something pushed the entire mattress up off like off of the um, box spring and they never slept in there again. So I don't know. <laughs> I guess my grandmother just really didn't like her or oh I'm goodness. not really sure what that was. but yes that that um and how old was he when <laughs> that happened uh so I was probably about seven six or seven when that happened so my brother was about 22 okay so he's a lot older than you yeah yes yeah so so yes my sister uh was 20 years older than me she she passed away this year um and then my brother is 15 years older than i am we all have the same mom and dad i was just just definitely an accident 
a for sure accident, but I ended up being my dad's favorite. So it worked oh, out. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out. It did. Um, so um, after that, I moved into a small duplex with my mom and my brother. Um, and I had another paranormal experience with my mom. So it was late at night and my mom woke me up in the middle of the night. She turned on, on the, uh, lamp that was on the nightstand or the, um, I'm sorry, the end table. And she woke me up and she asked me if I saw that. And I'm like wiping my eyes cause she, she woke me up. I was totally asleep and I'm looking and she points to the, the, uh, hallway. It was just a small little hallway and there was a very tall figure and the best way that I can describe what it looked like was like old television static. And it was very, just very strange looking. It was just very tall. Um, it, it freaked me out. It freaked my mom out. We didn't, we didn't really talk about it much after that, but I, and I don't know why we saw these things so often, but we did. Um, but yeah, that, that was the last uh, thing that I had seen with um, my mom. So when I was 10, my mom actually passed away. She passed away from her um, COPD complications. And I um, was obviously very young and distraught. But after she had passed, I woke up one morning and I saw her very, very vividly. It was no mistaking it. It scared me. She was standing in front of my bed and um, I blinked and and I really looked and, it, and I realized that I shouldn't be seeing her. So I put the covers over my eyes and uh, I just, I, I very much think that was just her letting me know she's okay and saying goodbye and... Um, it, I didn't. I didn't see her at the funeral, and I just think she was just letting me know that she was okay. Um, so that's kind of the bulk of my earlier childhood stuff. So the really good stuff, <laughs> the really <laughs> really heavy stuff, started when I was fourteen. So my father moved us to Louisville, Kentucky, and um, we got we got a pretty nice two bedroom, two bath apartment. And um, this was like 2004 and I was 14 years old. So the most important thing to a 14 year old is the internet. And so naturally, so it absolutely is. And so the first thing I did, well, I guess one of the first things that I did was set up our old desktop computer. We didn't even have the desk put together. I just had the monitor on one of those plastic uh, tote bins and my dad was out running errands and so where i had this tote bin was in in the living room area up against a wall and to exactly i don't know how to say this to the right of where this was was the entryway to the hallway and right off of the hallway you could see into the kitchen and opposite the entry to the kitchen was one of those float uh folding closet doors and so I'm just there minding my business, um, you know, talking to friends from back home and all of that. And all of a sudden, 
I see this rock-shaped copper thing <laughs> float float glide walk I'm not sure it didn't have legs I guess glide from the kitchen in opposite the kitchen entryway into this folding door and so I absolutely would have just chalked that up to an eye floater or just my imagination or what have you but whenever this thing hit the closet door it made a very loud bang and to this day, I am not sure how 14-year-old me mustered up the courage to look, but I opened that closet door <laughs> and there was absolutely nothing in it because we had just moved in there. There was not even a hanger in this closet. There was nothing there. And so I didn't have shoes on. I ran out of that apartment. Luckily, I had um, my stepsister lived near. And so I just ran to her house. It was the middle of summer or I'm sorry, it was the middle of spring in, in Louisville, and I was running on blacktop. My feet were very hot, just, just going for it because I was so scared. So um, I ended up coming back and didn't think about it too much. So I would say maybe a month had passed at that point, and we lived in walking distance to a store, and so I went over to the store and got some art supplies, and I came back home, and I was talking to my stepmom, about the things that I had gotten from the store. And so um, mid-conversation, all of a sudden, the door stopped to the to the main door of the apartment just kind of <laughs> makes like a boing noise, like somebody had flicked it. And both um, myself and my stepmom were plenty of feet away from it. We didn't have any pets at the time. And we just kind of made eye contact and was just, was just kind of in disbelief you know, in terms of what was that, what happened, and I'm not really sure what that was about, but it was very bizarre, so, so, um, a little bit later, probably when I was about 15, I started dabbling into witchcraft, I wanted to get rid of my pimples, and so, <laughs> you know, it always starts out really simple sometimes, and, you know, when you're a teenager, it's just, you're such a mess. And I was just definitely not an exception there. And um, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do a spell to get rid of my pimples. And an old friend that I had, her mother was actually a high priestess uh, Wiccan. And um, she had a bunch of spell books. And so I, I took one, it was like a spells for teens or something like that. And that was really my introduction into um, paganism. But I decided I was going to do the spell so that I didn't have acne. And so I carried out the ritual. I didn't know anything. I really didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how how to like open a circle or um, that I should protect myself or have any type of protection. I'm pretty sure the herbs that I used, actually, I'm certain the herbs that I used were from the kitchen. Like, and that's fine, but <laughs> I was really, really winging it. And so I, I did this spell. I, I didn't close it out properly at all. And um, that's kind of when things started to get a little bit heavier. I can't say for sure that me dabbling in that caused it, caused the um, intensity of, of what had happened or what I'm going to tell you happened. So just a really quick interruption here. It's funny that you're mentioning this because on the episode before this one, um, the guest that I had on, we were talking about how uh, 
witchcraft and uh, paganism, Satanism, whatever you want to call it, has been such a become such a big popular thing. And it's that's all fine and dandy. Like you can have whatever beliefs you want to have. You know, I'm definitely more on the pagan side of things. But I don't think a lot of these I don't want to call them kids, but they kind of are compared to our age that they know what they're doing. And it is so important to if you're going to do a spell to do your circle, make sure it's closed, make sure you're protected. Um, I'm not sure about the herbs. (laughs) I can't speak on kitchen herbs. I feel like if you're growing your own herbs in your kitchen, like that's probably the safest route to go. But that is like such an important thing. And I don't know what you're about ready to tell me, but I do believe if you're not doing something improperly that you are opening portals. And that's why it's so important to know your stuff before you do your stuff. And that's what scares me because like some of these people, they just dive right into it. And it's like, you can't, you can't do that. You know, it's so dangerous. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to do witchcraft, you have to, on some level, believe that you're going to either release or attract negative energy or demons or whatever you want to call it. You just have to. It's the balance of nature. So, but that's just my, my, my just talk for the day. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And, you know, even outside of like the spiritual realm, as a teenager, you are just so vulnerable. Absolutely. You're not a kid anymore. You're not an adult. You're still figuring things out. You don't, you're figuring out who you are, who you want to be. And um, you have so much energy. And yes, I believe that, you know, maybe these negative spirits or entities or whatever they are, they really would like to feed on that because you had just have so much vibrancy. You're, yeah. you're, you're just full of energy. Well, but... I think at that age too, you're a little bit more open-minded on things. And that yeah. can also definitely be an attraction mm-hmm. for, for negative, whatever you want to call them, as we say. Yeah. So just to all the kids out there listening, like just, just know your stuff before you do your stuff. That's going to yeah. be, it's going to be my saying, just know your stuff before you do your stuff. I like that. You need to put that on a bumper sticker. <laughs> You need a t-shirt. There you go. You've got yeah, there we go. Yep. <laughs> we finally <laughs> found it. Right. So anyway, but, but um, proceed. <laughs> thank you. But um, shortly after that, I had, I had another friend in high school and she, she was, a, she had a little bit of a dark energy to her. And I, even to this day, I don't know if that she's a bad person or anything like that, but I, there's just a darkness that follows her that I see. I don't have anything really blatant to, to say bad about her but she just has a darkness about her but um she she was there at a sleepover and I had a couple couple girlfriends over and we decided to try to do divination with a candle so based on how the candle flickers is the answer to your question and we were teenage girls so we were asking the dumbest questions this takes me back to my teenage years yes does so-and-so like me you know right <laughs> um, so we were doing this and um, we were getting the answers the candle was flickering and we were all laughing it was fun you know is it moving because we're breathing on it is it are we just seeing it because we want to you know well in the middle of this I feel my t-shirt I had a baggy t-shirt on because we were in pajamas I feel my t-shirt start to lift from my chest 
and it was kind of weird. And I looked down and it's literally the, the top of my t-shirt. It says if somebody pinched it and pulled the fabric away from me, it's floating in front of me. And all of the girls saw it and we freaked out. We blew the candle out and we were done. So <laughs> things started <laughs> escalating from there. So after that, I noticed that um, when I would go to bed, I would start to kind of feel like I was being watched. And, you know, I, I was like, oh, I'm just paranoid, you know, whatever. But it got to the point that um, it was just super bothersome. I was starting to dread going to sleep at night, which is very unusual for a teenager. And, um, and it just felt really, really, really heavy. And I wasn't really sure what to think about it. I, I just remember like there would be so many nights that I would just lay in bed and just really be scared. Like, you know, I had the covers over like every inch of my body because that protects you. And um, <laughs> just being absolutely terrified for so long. And um, my dad, so this is when it gets starts get, getting really, really real. So my dad would go out of town pretty regularly. Like I said, we moved to Louisville. So we had family back home. Um, and we're originally from Toledo, Ohio. And so my dad and my stepmom would go home, I, I'd say maybe every other month to go visit my stepmom's grandkids and go visit family up there. And I was plenty old, old enough to stay home. And so um, one night, it was a Friday night, I was home alone and I started to get a very mild, a very mild headache. And um, so my dad always had ibuprofen on his nightstand. So I was like, I'm just going to go in there and grab that. So I walk into my dad's room and I turn on the light switch and standing right in front of me, probably five feet, maybe four to five feet away from me is this thing. And I'm going to describe it the best way that I can. I think it was a demon. Can I say that it was a, de a demon? No, because I don't know. But it had horns and its head was oval shaped. Its body was oval shaped. It had very long arms, very long fingers, very long um, legs and toes. It had a pointy nose and it was black and the material or energy, however you want to say it, that it was made up of was almost like oil and water. It was like smoky water. It moved very fluidly. So I turn on the light and I see this thing right in front of me and I watch it run from in front of me around my dad's bed and into the wall. And that wall was the wall that joined my, my dad's bedroom and my bedroom. And so that freaked me out. <laughs> that freaked me out very badly. And so I called my brother and I asked him if he could come stay the, the rest of the weekend with me. And he ended up coming over the next day. And he and his girlfriend at the time, they just set up a pallet in the living room. And I slept a lot better having someone there with me. But um, in the middle of the night, my brother comes in my room and asks me if I was on the phone. So this is back in like... 2006 2007 so we still had landlines and we had cordless phones and um I said no I'm sleeping like I was kind of peeved that he woke me up <laughs> and I said you know what's going on and he was like I'll just tell talk to you about it in the morning so 
you know, I wake up the next day and ask him, you know, what's going on? I wasn't on the phone. He said that he and his girlfriend had heard buttons being pushed on the other cordless phone in the living room and that they had saw a black smoky hand kind of swipe over it. And so <laughs> I was like, okay, well, it's not just me. I'm not the only one saying things, but you know, this is really bizarre. So um, a little bit more time passes and I'm still feeling watched. I'm feeling very watched. It's feeling very heavy, especially when I'm alone. And it, it's just, um, I'm getting kind of tired of it, but I don't really know what to do at this point. And I'm not um, really religious or, or anything at that point. I, I'm still figuring, figuring everything out. Um, so it's another Another time my dad's out of town, it's a Friday night and I'm tired. Um, and so I um, crawl into bed, I get ready to go to sleep and I notice that I'm breathing very hard. And so I take a deep breath, you know, it's kind of weird that I'm breathing hard. I'm a young, healthy teenager, but whatever. <laughs> I take a, a deep breath and all of a sudden I realize that the breathing that I'm hearing was not my own that there is something else breathing and it's coming from under my bed and I am paralyzed in fear. I cannot move. I don't know what to do. Um, and I just, all I can do is listen to this breathing that I'm hearing. I had no dogs or cats. There was absolutely nobody else in that apartment with me. I think I had a hamster at the time, <laughs> which was in another room and it was not breathing like that. And the best way that I can describe this breathing is like, almost like a death rattle. Like it was kind of raspy, it was masculine and it was very labored. So I think I ended up falling asleep praying because that was really the only thing that I could think to do. And I'm just absolutely freaked out. I'm telling my dad about it. You know, he I think he thought I was a little dramatic or a little crazy because I'm not sure that he really witnessed anything there. But um, that, that was, honestly, I think that was more intense and more frightening than seeing, seeing that thing was hearing it because it was, honestly, I was probably awake for an hour listening to it before I finally fell asleep. And so, um, you know, a few more months pass and I'm just still dealing with feeling like I'm being watched all the time and I hear something in my room move it felt like I don't know how to describe it it was as if somebody like dropped like a writing pen on the carpet like something small like that and I'm just tired of it so I turn on on the lights and I tell this thing whatever it is I'm like you cannot be here you have to get out like I demand it to leave and I carry on and I I'm like full-on like yelling I'm sure my dad thought I broke up with my boyfriend or something at the time I don't know but, but I'm like yelling full-on and I tell this thing it has no right to be there to get out um and I felt like it, it finally had left. And that next morning, like, I am not joking. The light in my bedroom seemed brighter. Like it really did. There was just such a, an airiness to that space. And I never, ever felt like I was being watched again. I never really had trouble going to sleep after that. So, um, yeah, that was, that was pretty much the end of the activity in that apartment. Um, my Well, that I experienced. My brother said he would see things cross the hallway all the time whenever he would stay there. But 
that's the end of my experiences there. Um, so did your brother have more experiences after you stopped having yours in that apartment or what did they, did it just kind of end at the same time for both of you? Um, he, he would come and stay periodically. He would still see things pass through. And I, Honestly, I think spaces like hotels and apartments where there's a lot of people that live and have lived there, um, I think a lot of the energy stays. And from what he described, I think it was just kind of like residual energy. Just little like, things happening. Yeah, yeah, nothing nothing big. He'd just see things walk by. But uh, That's nothing big, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just things walking by. Just house. things walking by that are <laughs> No big deal. <laughs> yeah. Not a, not a big deal at all, but I, I think, I think there's something about that entire apartment complex because it's a big expansive apartment complex. Like if I had to guess there's over, I would say it's probably over 1200 units and it oh, stretches, wow. it stretches over like several, several miles. It's, it's huge. Um, but I told you that my sister, my stepsister, uh, lived in these apartments. Mm-hmm. And I was helping her move out. She lived in a completely different building, quite a, quite a bit away from where we lived. But I was helping her move out, and um, we were carrying things down the hallway. And like while I'm carrying something for her, I see this thing come out of the wall, and it was it was very similar to the look of of the demon creature thing yeah. that I had seen, but it didn't really have a form. It was like a cloud and I watched it come out of the wall and then it like got sucked back into the wall. It was very, very weird. I just think there's a lot of, a lot of energy there. I don't know if it was like, if it's on like a ley line or if something big happened there a long time ago, I'm not sure, but it, it, it definitely has a way about it. We'll have to do some digging on that yeah. complex and see if there's any history to it. Yeah. So, because like you said, apartment complexes. I have a friend who lived um, in one over in Lexington, which isn't too far from here. And she's going to come on the show eventually and tell, you know, we're going to share the stories that we've seen in that apartment. But all of this activity kept going on. So she actually looked into the history of that complex. And it wasn't a very big complex. Like it's a, a decent size, but definitely not to the extent of, of yours. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a, there's a pool there. And there used to be a diving board uh, at that pool. And you wouldn't know it because obviously it's not there anymore. Uh, supposedly uh, a, young, a young kid, like a teenager, he hung himself from that diving board. So they took it down. And I don't know if that would explain all of the activity that happened at that, at that um, complex, because we didn't really ever sense or see um, like a teenage boy, mm -hmm. but there was definitely a lot of really odd things happening. And it, it was just, I mean, probably the most activity I've ever seen was in her apartment. And you could also just kind of feel it there. Mm -hmm. And my other friends and I talk about this a lot is no matter like where you build something, you could build a brand new house. But if you're building it on land that has history, you could be open for, you know, paranormal experiences. And if you think about it, pretty much all the land in all the world 
at some point has had something happen on it. So, you know, it's like, you can't really get away from it. Even if you think like, oh, I'm building a brand new house in this property. Well, yeah, but you got to think of how old that property is and who was there before you. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, who knows what was going on all those years ago <laughs> <laughs> on that plot of land? I I sincerely wonder. Yeah, I had, I had, I still am, am actually friends with her. She, when we were in high school, she moved into this house um, with her mom and her sisters and it was a new, it was a new house. It was maybe two or three years old. This, this subdivision was new. And uh, she had a candle um, that was on the back of her toilet in her bathroom, get flung off the toilet and like violently and like pushed into her bathtub. Like it wasn't, it just didn't fall over. It was like smacked into her bathtub and it was a new house. So yeah, you just, you never know. You never know. Yeah, exactly. That would make me want to just go ahead and sell the house and try again. <laughs> just throw the whole out, throw the whole house out and try again. <laughs> I'm probably good on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so going back into your story here. Yeah. So, I, I guess, I mean, I don't know. After that, I. I really made like a conscious decision to like not ever want to see anything again. <laughs> I'm pretty good on all of that. Like I, I loved watching like the ghost hunter shows and hearing ghost, ghost stories. Like one of my favorite pastimes is, is like a young teenager was listening to coast to coast. I loved that show. I, I forgot about coast to coast until now. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. yes. Bell. he is a legend. Um, but I always loved hearing about all that stuff, but I didn't, I didn't really experience too much for a, quite a while. I'm trying to think about the next time that I did, I guess the next big paranormal thing that happened to me would be after my ex-husband's grandmother passed away. So, um, his grandmother was a really great woman and um, she had a really great sense of humor too and she would always joke with us that if she ever passed away she would give us a sign and I appreciated that but she is a little morbid you know she's like when I die I'm gonna haunt you <laughs> <laughs> and so um, after she passed away we we weren't living um, in Louisville which is where she lived we were living in Lafayette, Indiana, which was about an, um, two and a half hours from here. So we had to come home for the funeral. And when we got back, um, I was unpacking my bags. And my then husband um, was beating himself up because he couldn't find something that she had made for him. And he, he um, was an atheist and was like, I'm so confused because every time I close my eyes, I see her and I feel like she's telling me it's okay. And he was just so conflicted because, you know, he was, he had just been so certain that there was nothing after this. And, uh, he went back outside to get more bags or something like that. And I remember saying out loud, and I said, you're going to have to try harder than that because this is my stubborn ex-husband that we're dealing with. And um, he came back in the house. And so I, I go back to, to my room and um, my ex-stepmother or my ex 
mother-in-law, I'm sorry, had given me a pin that belonged to her. And I put it on my bookshelf where I put all of my other important things. And I turned around. And as soon as I turned around, the light bulb in my room um, exploded. It lit up the entire room and it made a very loud popping noise and I left. I had not just turned that light on. That light had actually been on for, I honestly would say 15 minutes. Um, I, I know that does happen sometimes, but it was very bizarre. And my ex heard what had happened. He didn't witness it, but he heard it. But that very same night, so um, without divulging too much information, because I'm trying to be very respectful of my ex and his family, they're, they're all good people, but um, the, that very night, um, he, my ex-husband had a younger sister and she still lived at home. And long story short, his mom went upstairs to tell her good night and she noticed that um, the bedside light was on in the guest bedroom. And she saw something on the table and she didn't recognize what it was. So she went downstairs to ask her husband if he knew what this thing was. And he didn't know what she was talking about. So they both went back upstairs um, to check it out. And as soon as she turned on the overhead light for that room, the globe fell off the ceiling. And um, she, they, they have no idea why that happened. I don't know how turning on, on a light switch and lighting up a light bulb will cause a globe to fall off the ceiling, but it did. Um, <laughs> and so I just always thought that was really weird. But the thing that ties those things together is that um, this lady's name means bringer of light. And so I just really think she was just communicating and just letting everybody know that she she had passed and that she was still around. And she just had... <laughs> she just had such a funny way about things and it, it didn't break the globe or anything. It wasn't, um, it wasn't malevolent, but I just thought that was really, really interesting and, and oddly comforting. That is like, Oh, this is what my name means. So here I am. <laughs> that yeah. is really, really bizarre. Wow. I think she knew I'd put it together or something. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Somebody will know. Yeah, somebody will get it, you know, maybe not the ex, but you got it. So yeah, did you yeah. did you like explain to your ex husband like the connection that you made there? Or? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I did. I, it, it was really fun being married to a skeptic, because honestly, it grounded me a lot. And it and it helped me to kind of see that some things can be eliminated. Some things are just, you know, it's just an eye flo floater coincidence or um, you know, it was just the wind, you know, sometimes, oftentimes it is just the wind. Oftentimes it's, you know, it's a reflection or, you know, something like that, but some things can't be explained. And, you know, that's exactly why you and I like to talk about these things because we've experienced them and they can't be explained. Right. But we've gone over the scenarios in our heads hundreds of times and we're, and we're not crazy. <laughs> I think there's definitely a period of denial like you try to make excuses for things that you've seen, things that you've heard, and then you get to a point where it just keeps kind of like nagging at your brain. And at the most random times too, you could not be thinking about it. And then all of a sudden you're thinking about it. And there just comes a point where you can't make excuses, you know, yeah. and it's, and then on the same hand, there's like, there's really no explanation for it either. I've definitely not had as many bizarre experiences as, as you have, but um, I've, ran into some situations where I still have to sit back and be like, okay, what was this? 
Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's it's something else. And oftentimes you're like, I wish I could come up with a reasonable explanation because it's no kidding. The unknown, the unknown is scary. It, it is. is. It's, it's, it's kind of like the story you mentioned earlier about how you saw something, but hearing it scared you more. And I think it's because when we physically see something, we can at least try to make sense of it. If mm-hmm. it's it's right in front of us, so we can compare it to something or we can try it's we can physically see it and we're humans. And I think we need to physically see things in order to make sense of it. But when you hear something, I freak out if I hear things. If I see something, it's not so bad. If I hear something and I can't see what it is belonging to, it freaks me out. I would much rather see something than hear something. Yeah, yeah. I I think I think so too. I, I agree with that because I think I would assume, I don't know this, I would assume auditory hallucinations, at least ones of, of the magnitude that I have potentially experienced. I don't think I, I don't think it was a hallucination. <laughs> um, I was very, I was very sober at the time, um, are probably less likely than visual hallucinations. Um, I, I have not had very many, um, auditory or auditory hallucinations auditory experiences (laughs) um i guess i guess the most common thing and like right now that i'm experiencing is footsteps in our house so so i was telling you earlier i live in the middle of the woods it's absolutely absolutely beautiful and i love it um but i hear footsteps in here all the time and uh when i'm home alone and it's very strange but I know who who is here for the most part. I think I've got it figured out. So um, my now husband, shout out to my husband. I love him so much. He's, <laughs> he's hilarious and kind and just an amazing guy. He really is. He's brought so much joy into my life, but I digress. <laughs> so his, his great-grandfather is the guy that is around here all the time. So when we first started dating, I didn't know, I didn't know very much about my husband's family, which is normal. Like, it's not like, hi, um, let's go on a date and I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about my family. Right. But um, I was here and it was just he and I that were here at the time. And I was sitting in the kitchen and this is way before I moved in. And um, I see somebody in in the living room so the way that our house is set up is the kitchen's on the far end of the house and um we have a huge uh, doorway that goes into the living room so you can see straight into the living room from the kitchen and i just see somebody walk through the living room and it was very distinct it was a thin man he had a blue cap on and like a blue like a mechanic blue jacket and his just his aura, the way he manifested was like a dark blue. And I just I didn't get a bad feeling about it. I knew that it was somebody related to my husband. And I told my husband about it. And he was like, Oh yeah, I he's like, I know that I have somebody that watches over me. But he was like, he never wore he never wore a baseball cap. And I was like, Well, this entity that I saw wore a baseball cap. Well, fast forward to like a year after that, um, 
my husband's grandmother. So this is her, her father that we're talking about me seeing. She gives us a picture of her father and he's got on a blue cap and, and that blue jacket. And I was like, that's 100% him. So unfortunately we, we lost my husband's grand, uh, my husband's grandfather um, this year. And um, I was at the funeral and uh, he, he lived to, to be about, about, I think he was 80 years old, but it's still sad. It's hard when you lose anybody. Uh, death is hard. It, death is obscene. It really is when you it think is. about it. Absolutely. It's, just, it's just so in your face. And I wish as a culture, we would talk about it more. Um, and it wouldn't be weird to, when people, <laughs> when you lose somebody and people are kind of tiptoeing around you but I digress um so we were at his funeral and my husband was telling a story about his great-grandfather Orville and I see him sitting in a chair that's up against the wall and he's several feet away from me but I see him out of the corner of my eye I'm trying to listen to my husband's story but I see him (laughs) in in this chair like very well and he's got his um hands on Uh, the armrest of the chair and he's got his legs crossed and he's laughing and you know I'm I'm always kind of weird about telling people that I see that I'm seeing something like that because I don't want to offend them and um, you know people get weird about stuff like that especially depending on their religious beliefs and spiritual beliefs but I ended up telling my husband about it and he made me tell his his grandma that I saw her dad at her husband's funeral and so I'm like very reluctantly telling her what I saw and she very quickly informed me that another relative had also seen Orville before um, and described him sitting in the exact same way in a chair with his arms both on the armrest and his legs crossed it's just really weird that he manifested to both of us in that way um but he he's around here all the time he's always looking out for my husband i'm not sure why or how he's so his spirit is so strong that i can see it but it's unlike anything else um or any other spirit that i've encountered um because in my other experiences after people pass their presence generally kind of fades I think they cross into the other side or however you want to think about it if you even want to believe that at all but in my opinion um, after people pass they their earth energy becomes less and they move on to the other side or what what have you so it's just really weird that he can manifest himself so strongly Um, and we've had just had weird things happen in this house anyway but it's nice that my husband believes in this stuff because he makes me feel less crazy (laughs) (laughs) you go from having been married to a skeptic to being with somebody who's more on your line of of thinking and I'm sure that that does help you a lot because um I would say my my fiance right now he's not so much a skeptic I do like to make fun of him though, because he believes in aliens like hundred percent, which I do too. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about ghosts, he just like, he kind of laughs. Um, and I tell him, I'm like, well, how can you believe in aliens and not believe in ghosts? And he's like, well, I've never seen a ghost. And I said, but you've seen an alien, you know? And it's just, it's just become kind of a running joke between us. And he's like, well, no, I haven't seen an alien, but we can't be the only, you know, uh, 
thing to exist in this huge, you know, universe. And I'm like, well, yeah. So why can't ghosts kind of be the same way? Like if you believe we're energy, yes, then where does that energy go? You know, right. and it like I said, it just becomes a a, a very humorous topic between us there's no bad blood or anything um but it is it is really funny to debate that and you should hear us like fight over simulations that's probably the we could we could run like a three-hour episode just on me and him fighting over simulations (laughs) but it's nice to be with somebody who is at least open to discussing these topics Mm -hmm. because i've never really dated anybody who either believed in supernatural, paranormal. Um, And then I've dated people who are supposedly on the front of being extremely religious, but still not believing you when you've seen something because they haven't seen it. So it's like you go from like one complete thing to another, and sometimes you don't know what to make of it. But I mean, kind of shout out to to my future husband here, too, because he's fantastic and very supportive of the stories I've told him, the things I've seen, this podcast. I wouldn't even have this podcast without him. So he's he's just incredible. But um, didn't you tell me a story about uh, you were driving in a car one time? Oh, yes. OK, so, yes, this is this was with my ex-husband, who I had mentioned was um, an atheist, Def- definitely didn't believe in anything um, that couldn't be proved by science. And uh, I I do see things periodically. I see things out of the corner of my eye all the time. Um, definitely Orville seeing Orville is not a regular occ- occurrence in terms of how how um, how solid he appears. But um we were driving, um, we were probably driving back home or, or to home from Lafayette at this time. And it was night, nighttime. And, um, I saw this thing coming, going, going in front of the window. It was like a black orb and it darted in front of the car window. So it was outside of the car. And he asked me, he's like, did you see that? And I said, no, <laughs> because I see stuff like that all the time. And I had assumed that it was like a deer or just something on the side of the road or, or, you know, anything you know, normal. And something told me to, to describe what I had seen. I was like, was it that black orb thing that crossed in front of the car? And he was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, he, he was still skeptic. So I don't know. I don't know how he reasoned that. But It's crazy it. to me that the skeptics <laughs> see more than we do. You know, I, I don't understand. I know so many skeptics and they tell me these stories and I'll, I'll try to give them like, well, okay, well, what you saw was this. No, 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 no. It, it couldn't have been that. That doesn't exist. Oh, well, then buddy, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but yeah, we discussed this too about how skeptics, they, they see so much and it just, it blows my mind and I'm just fascinated by it. And I don't know if I'm like so open to these things that I'm so desperate to see, to see something, you know? And then like the other side is just like, nah, I'm not going to give you that satisfaction. Or if it's just like the other side trying to prove to the skeptics that, Hey, there's something more here, you know? Let me ask you something. Did you, did you have your first paranormal experience as a child? Um, I would say if I did, I don't really remember um, I definitely had more 
paranormal experiences probably in my early 20s. Okay. I just always wonder, especially because I feel like I, I can see quite a bit. And um, I, I wonder if it's because my third eye, quote unquote, never closed or mm-hmm. um, because my family also believed in, in those things. Mm-hmm. They never kind of shamed me away from maybe our natural ability because they say babies can see things. I have, oh, a, seven, I have a seven week old and he's, he smiles and, and is, just, is definitely seeing something. I have it on video. It's very weird. Of course, you know, anybody else would say, you know, he's just seeing white, but, <laughs> but it seems like he's seeing oh. something more than that. Babies but. are fascinating to watch. Yeah, absolutely fascinating. And my God, babies, you know, they're, they're younger and there we had in that apartment complex, we had that, uh, those weird supernatural occurrences that happened and there was one of my god babies she was probably two at the time she saw and said more things than all of us and i believe children are very they're so innocent and they don't judge the world they don't really question things yet you know so like they haven't been i don't want to say defiled but they haven't been they're still so open-minded about things and curious and they don't have that cloud of judgment over them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I, so if I ever had experiences as a kid, I don't know. I'd have to ask my mom. <laughs> she would know better than me if I ever like said anything weird to her or, you know, ever saw anything strange. But I wasn't raised in a family that would have shamed me for seeing these things either. But we never really talked about it. We didn't talk about religion a whole lot growing up. We didn't really go to church. Um, you know, we, we prayed, we prayed every, every night before dinner. Um, but we never really were extremely religious, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, which is nice because I think that made a very clear path for all me and my two brothers to kind of make our own decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, which is great because I think a spiritual journey is so, it's so personal you know, you have to go with where you're comfortable. It shouldn't be something that's forced upon you. Um, so I'm very grateful for my parents for not really bringing us up in such a, a tight religious atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, I respect that. I, my mom was Catholic, but we never, we never went to church. She would pray. My but... mom was the same. She went to a Catholic church growing up. Um, she was raised Catholic. She wanted to be a nun until she discovered boys, from what she told me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, but she actually ended up leaving the Catholic church, too. Um, that's a story in and of itself that Uh-oh. maybe someday I should have her come on and tell if she's ever comfortable with it. Um, so I did go to Catholic churches uh, in my teenage years and just never felt comfortable there. It was just mm-hmm. something that just it didn't sit right with me personally. So, but yeah, Yeah. I I respect that. I honestly having, um, gone, having studied, uh, like paganism and hermeticism and things like that, there's a, there is a lot of, um, what I perceive to be, um, like pagan aspects in Catholicism. I please do not take this as disrespect. I don't mean it that way. But, um, you know, like burning incense and things like that. Oh, it's definitely pagan rooted. And I don't think people realize how rooted it is with paganism because 
from what I was, from what I was told, um, and I don't, and again, I don't mean to offend anybody out there, uh, especially mm-hmm. if, if you're part, if you're Catholic, uh, but one of the reasons why the Catholics are so looked down upon is because they, they do worship Mary. Mm-hmm. And in a sense that is almost like worshiping a goddess and that should be against uh, those standards in that in that realm of religion but yeah they're they are basically making mary into a goddess so that's very pagan pagan rooted um the incense the music even uh the robes that they wear uh, some of the services that they have you know it it is extremely extremely pagan rooted and i think this is where people they get religion and spirituality confused um, I think all religions or all faiths, we're going to say all faiths, we'll go with faiths because religion is such a broad term, but they all have something in common in one way or another. Yes. They had to have stemmed from somewhere. We just now have the argument of it's like the chicken or the egg scenario. Who came first, the pagans or the Christians, you know, and really there's no answer to it. It's all based on your own beliefs and where you're comfortable and i don't think there's any right or wrong answer i think it's just who what you want to believe personally yeah i i have always been uh respectful of people's personal beliefs spiritual beliefs religious beliefs that's you know i think that's something that's very sacred to to anybody who holds those beliefs or or don't hold them at all right um, i think it's important that we we always remain respectful of that um I will never, ever say that I absolutely know anything, even even with my own personal um, experiences or my paranormal experiences. I can't, I, they feel very real for me, but I can't, I couldn't, you know, give you a, a guarantee because I just, I have no way to prove that. Right. But um, I, uh, you had mentioned um, earlier when we were talking about, about places that are haunted, even when they're they're new and how that energy where does it go um and that made me think of um the hermetic principle of vibration so do do tell yes so 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 nothing nothing rests everything moves and vibrates so the hermetic principles are something that i still um they they still ring true for me personally it just makes so much sense but you know even science says energy cannot be created or destroyed i think that's true i think we there's definitely an energy in us and um i don't know where it goes after we pass but i don't think it could be destroyed i don't know if that intelligence always remains or or how that works but i believe that energy stays in some some way that's uh that that's something that i uh, um have always felt but the hermetic principles are something that i think is just incredibly interesting a lot of um a lot of spiritual beliefs kind of are based on these things in one way or another even the secret uh, manifestation is is based on um on these principles and i, I don't think a lot of people realize that um but so later, I have a funny story about the secret. Oh, okay. Now that you mention it. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, you can go ahead. Okay. So I work I work at a Barnes & Noble. I'm actually, I work in the cafe. But um, 
during the the pandemic last year, um, I just got out of a really, really, really bad relationship. Uh, it it damn near destroyed me. It was just a really bad situation um, that I'm not really going to get into. But so we were there was just a few of us um, working at Barnes and Noble during the lockdown, we were doing uh, like online orders and stuff like that, delivering books to people in their cars. And the night before I went into work, um, my best friend, I was visiting her and she's like, you know, she's like, you should just go on like a, a dating app and just see what happens. And I kind of laughed at her because I'm like, I did okay Cupid years ago and it was creepy. <laughs> it lasted like a whole eight hours. And I'm like, oh, no, I can't do this. Um, and, you know, I kind of laughed, but I was like, cause really everything in my life was so perfectly, um, sorted to where I was, I was happy. I, you know, I had a new house. I had a great job. Um, everything was good, but I just wanted like my person, mm-hmm. you know, I'm coming up into my thirties. I just wanted my person. That's all I wanted. That's all I needed. And so, you know, I kind of laughed at her, but I was like, okay, well just for fun, let's try this. So we did match.com. It did not end well. So oh. I, I got rid of it by the end of the night. I was like, I can't. And I was even talking to this guy on there and I, and I even told him, I was like, I don't want to ghost you. So I'm just gonna let you know that I'm just not comfortable with this. And I just don't think I'm ready for this. And he's like, Oh no, that's okay. And then I deleted the app or whatever. And so I went into work the next day and I remember my boss always telling me, um, about the secret because she had done it. And for people out there who don't know what the secret is, it's basically you tell the universe what you want. And because anything, any energy that you give out into the universe is going to come back to you. So if you're constantly giving out negative energy, you're going to receive negative energy. Mm -hmm. If you're giving out positive energy, you're going to receive positive energy. So you're basically manifesting your life to your standards by your own energy. And that's what the secret teaches you. I didn't know this at the time. So I was walking, I kept walking across the secret like for days and days and days. And finally I picked it up and I read it on my break and I read the first few chapters and it's kind of a slap in the face because it tells you like all these bad experiences that have happened to you, you've brought them upon yourself. And you're like, well, I didn't ask for this to happen or for that to happen. But when you sit down and you think about it, you're like, well, yeah, okay. I've had a negative like outlook on life. Mine, you know, for as long as I can remember. So maybe I'm attracting negative energy. So in like, of course the, in the first few chapters, they talk about love. Cause that's like the main thing people are wanting to find aside from wealth. So it's said to go home and you write down what you want in a partner, every single little detail. It could, you know, their hair color, their eye color, their, their body height, their weight, what they do for a living, their personality, so on and so forth. But you have to be really, really detailed about it. So I went home and I did that. I woke up the next day. The first thing that pops into my head is, why don't you go back on OkCupid? And I'm like, I don't want to do that. But it was the very first thing that popped into my head when I woke up. So I get ready for work. I go to work and I make an OkCupid account. And I meet my fiance within the first four hours. He was my, he was my first match and we've been together ever since. And everything that I wrote down on that list, he had. 
Oh my gosh. It was the craziest thing that ever happened to me. And I'm just over here like, I don't, is this just a weird coincidence or did I manifest something? And I didn't tell anybody about this, not even him for a while. And finally I was talking to my friend about it. The one that told me to start the dating app. And uh, she's, she was telling me that she manifested stuff into her life too. She's like, that's how I got pregnant. That's how we got this house. That's how my husband got this job. She's like, I did the secret. And my mind was just blown. So (laughs) There's something there for sure. Oh, absolutely. And it's funny because it kind of goes against everything I believe in. Like when people ask me about like witchcraft stuff, I'm like, I don't do witchcraft. And they're completely, you know, like flabbergasted by this because of my belief systems. And I say, you don't have to do witchcraft to be a pagan. Witchcraft is its own thing. Mm -hmm. I said, I don't like witchcraft because you are basically molding the universe to do something for you. And I believe everything should pan out the way that it should. Mm -hmm. And I went against all of my beliefs by doing the secret because I told, I told the universe, like, I didn't tell it. I demanded it. I was like, this is what I want. And you're going to give it to me and you're going to give it to me soon. And it worked. And I haven't done it since. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's awesome though. I really quickly, I'll talk about, um, one of the most incredible manifestations that I've ever had. And so um, when I was with my ex-husband, we had moved out together. It was the first time we were moving out together and we decided that we wanted a dog. And our roommate at the time had an Australian shepherd and our neighbor at the time had a great Pyrenees and we were torn between what type of dog we would want. And so um, we came back home on a weekend and I checked, I just happened Oh, well, first I said, wouldn't it be awesome to find a great Pyrenees Australian Shepherd mix with a blue coat? You know, just joking, like that's never going to happen. Well, I I came back home and um, I was sitting on a friend's couch and I was like, I'm going to check Craigslist to see, you know, what kind of dog we can maybe find here. And the second listing down was an Australian Shepherd Great Pyrenees mix with a blue coat. And he was the greatest dog of my life. He was. (laughs) He was such a good dog. But uh, yeah, there's, there's something there. There's, I, I had thought about for so long before I had ever gotten divorced or anything like that, that I wanted to live in the woods. I'm like, I want like a little homestead, you know, but I'm a city girl, so that's not going to happen. And here I am sitting in the middle of the woods (laughs) with my chickens. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. I'm so jealous. I know that'll never happen for me because, you know, Cole is all about, smart this and smart that like he wants the entire house to just be smart and i'm like yeah you know until it locks you into your own house like that's fine um because i'm like you i want i told him i said i'd be so happy just off the grid you know having like our own livestock and just living off the land or whatever and he's like no he's like because we we can't have like internet (laughs) yeah we we we've got we've got internet out here and they they've added lines so you know I mean, give us some time. Maybe, maybe your uh, your urban areas will have uh, have something for you. But yeah, and maybe we can find like a middle ground. I don't know, but <laughs> I mean, your rural areas. I said that backwards, but no, you're, I knew what you meant. Yeah, he love <laughs> he loves like he loves the city. I mean, he lived in Columbus before he moved in with me, and he still wants to go back to Columbus. So I figured that's I guess the least I can do considering he's deciding to marry me so <laughs> love you love know is sacrifice. love that's, is sacrifice that's right <laughs> it is 
it's worth it. I guess I'll live in the city for, for him. So <laughs> maybe, maybe you, you got to tell him now that when you retire, you're retiring in the, in the country. There we go. That's, that's a good, that's a little, that's a good agreement there. I like that. Give and take. Give and take. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there was something else we were going, Oh, you're a writer. Yes. Yes. I, I've um, created uh, a few journals, but I also do personalized, highly personalized journals for women. Um, I am currently working on a book for when you break up with your friend, your best friend, um, which unfortunately does happen. And like I told you, I think I think losing your losing a friend can be way more impactful and devastating than losing like your lover because in some ways you kind of anticipate possibly losing your, your boyfriend or significant other. Um, but sometimes when you lose a friend or that friendship ends, that season ends, it's really hard. So I am working on that. And um, I have, I have that and I have journal prompts and things like that on my website, which is stephaniegaytrost.com, G-A-T-R-O-S-T. Um, <laughs> my last name is very rare and um it actually means confidence in German, which is very accurate to my husband. One of the first, one of the first conversations we had, we were coworkers, by the way, so this is very bold. He asked me if I had kids yet, and I said no. And he said, "I will give you some kids if you want them." <laughs> and we have a son together, so I, apparently Aww. that does work for, for some people. But uh, please, please understand that a lot transpired and. Please, please do not try that at home. Please, <laughs> please don't do that. Not most people would not be as cool with that as I was going to say. I'm surprised that worked on you. You know, it kind of it kind of didn't at first. I was like, well, who is this creep? And it's very rude to ask people when they're having kids. <laughs> very bold. Very very bold. Yes, he is very bold. So, I noticed with your a lot with a lot of your experiences um with the paranormal and you don't hear this often i've listened to i can't tell you how many stories from other podcasts um but you've always had witnesses there with you um for the most part with the almost part. everything and did that give you a lot of verification on things that you were feeling oh yeah yeah for sure um and it it like I said, especially after being with somebody who is such a staunch skeptic, you know, you, you question yourself a lot. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing to really question, like, hey, did I see this or am I just imagining it or did I just want to see it? Um, but, you know, having having those experiences with other people really solidifies it for me. Um, and I think that it adds an element of... Um, I don't know, validity to it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, I, I'm grateful that I've had those. Otherwise I'd really be questioning, you know, my, my mental wellness. <laughs> if I'm just seeing all this stuff and nobody else sees it. Well, unfortunately that happens a lot. Yeah. So, it, you know, you might not, not be seeing, seeing something that's not, not there. It might very well be, be there. Right. Yeah. Um, and I've also noticed, um, and this doesn't happen often either, but it, it almost feels like this might be a hereditary type of thing for you. 
because your your mom has seen things um your brother not so much your dad right you, your dad hasn't really seen a whole lot he my dad he he definitely believed um but he never really experienced as much as as i did or he never told me and maybe he was trying to do me a favor by not scaring me right but um it's it's very funny because i have met semi-distant cousins on both sides of my family and um one of my cousins is is um highly sensitive to spirit and things like that and then my other cousin um she is she is into uh witchcraft and divination so it's just kind of weird that these two women that i had not really known in my life but are blood related to me i think they're both for first one's one's a second cousin and one's a first cousin so they are still quite related to me and they both have this ability but but um my sister um read tarot cards when when i was young and i i used to read tarot cards i don't really do that so much these days but um i used to read tarot and i had um a very high success rate with that um now i just kind of get a general feeling and uh you kind of know the answers for things, or at least it, it feels that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, definitely. There might be some hereditariness to that. Do you kind of worry about that with, with your own son? Like maybe he's going to develop these, these same senses as you. Um, I, I believe, I believe that he would, I don't worry about it because, you know, nothing, bad has happened to me I don't I've been grateful to not have like um like post-traumatic stress which can happen from paranormal experiences so if if you're experiencing that that is that is something that absolutely happens but um you know I I don't worry about it if if he does have that ability we can we can talk through it and work it out and I'll share what I know but um I don't think it's a bad thing. The only, honestly, the only bad thing that that would come with ha- having or being sensitive, for lack of a better term, is that people will misinterpret that or will make fun of you for it. And oh, yeah. People are yeah. going to make fun of you for something no matter what. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. You, I, when I share my Bigfoot story, I get so much negative feedback, <laughs> which that's going to be for another time too. But I, I just always answer with, I know what I saw. And just leave it at that, you know? Um, so it, I think people, it, it, it does boil down to the whole thing where if I don't see it, it doesn't exist, you know? And unfortunately you can't change people's minds on that. So it's one of those things where, yeah, you do take a chance, but if you're, the good thing is if your son does end up seeing things, you know, or hearing things and he does have you to turn to, which is something that I'm sure a lot of kids don't have. Mm-hmm. You know, so at least that'll be a comfort for him. So in, in the house that you're in now, is it just the the footsteps and the grandfather? Or have you had any more kind of crazy experiences, especially living out in the woods? Uh, we've had a few things happen, especially recently. Like yesterday, we had our, our TV turn on. Um, nobody was in the living room uh and the remote was in there and we don't have any of those awesome phone apps where you can control the tv on any of our phones so i'm not sure what that was about but um my 
um, husband had been talking to his grandmother, and this is a grandmother that just recently lost her husband, and he, while he was on the phone with her um, last week, her TV was coming, kept coming on by itself. So I think maybe that was was his, his grandfather reaching out, but um, my husband has seen a black dog here. We have a little black dog. His name's Ruger. He's half pug, half Boston, 100% idiot, but, <laughs> but absolutely sweet. Um, but he was not in the house and, and my husband, husband absolutely saw him. He said he passed in, in front of him, stopped and looked at him and then walked away, but the dog was not in the house. So that was kind of really kind of strange. I've heard, I've heard what sounds like a conversation in the other room but nobody's there. Um, of course, it's always those conversations that you, you hear, but you can never make out any of the words. I feel like that's very common. I don't know what that's about. Maybe it's that just that residual energy. Right. Yeah. That happens. That happens to me sometimes too. Um, I just, just the other day, uh, I almost forgot about this, but we have a, we call it the, the spare room. And it's where I keep my vanity table and where I get ready for work. And on my vanity table, I have like the, the old school, like light bulbs that go around the frame. Mm-hmm. And so I had those on. And then I also had just the main light on and the main light on the ceiling. It just went out, you know, and like in your situation where the light bulb exploded, like this mm-hmm. one didn't explode, but it was on for at least a good, I would say 20 minutes or so. And then it just went out and I'm like, Oh great. Another light bulb that I have to replace. That's fantastic. So, um, I, I left for work. I came back and we keep the cat food in there because my, my littlest cat likes to dig into the bags because you know we we starve him um even though he eats you know 10 times a day but <laughs> so i go in there to get cat food and it's just like a natural thing for you to go in and, and turn on your light switch so i turned on the light switch and the light came on and it didn't it didn't like dawn on me at the time so then the next morning i go to get ready for work and i turn on the light switch and then i kind of look up and i'm like oh the light's working again maybe like Cole replaced the light. So I kept forgetting to ask him. So I asked him this morning, I was like, Hey, I was like, have you, did you replace the light in the spare room? And he's like, Oh, the light went out. And I said, yeah, I said it went out a couple days ago, but it's working again. Did you replace the light bulb? And he's like, no, he said, I don't even know what kind of light bulb it takes if I did want to switch (laughs) out for you. And, you know, I'm over here like, okay, well that's weird. So you didn't replace the light, but the light just went out but now it's working. I don't know if it's like some weird glitch in the house or if it's, you know, I've been talking to so many people about so many different paranormal experiences. Maybe something's happening. I don't know, but I'm just like, okay, that's weird. Like the light bulb's fine. It's complete. And he's like, well, maybe it was loose. And it's like, well, if it's loose, why is it still working? Yeah. You didn't touch it. I didn't know who's going to go up there and touch the light. Like, did somebody just break into my house? to just like unscrew the light just a little bit, just to mess with me. Like I highly doubt that, but skeptics, to- I'm telling you. I know. And it just goes back to energy. I think, I think I do believe spirit can, can manipulate electronics because electricity is energy. It's energy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I totally believe that. Well, is there uh, anything else you'd like to share before we wrap this up? 
No, uh, but I really appreciate you having me on. I very oh, much it's been a pleasure. Very much enjoyed speaking with you, and I, I very much look forward to hearing all of your other episodes. I know you're going to have oh, some good really ones. Yeah. Thank you. No, it was a pleasure talking to you too, and just so happy to have you on here. So thank you, thank you so much, and thank Absolutely. you for being just an open person about a lot of things um, outside of the podcast and shedding some light on some things. So I hope to have an update uh, episode with you soon, just to see if anything else is happening or, you know, um, if you have any more experiences. So yeah, it's been great. And thank you so much. And uh, where can people reach out to you on social media for your journals? And I know you said it earlier, but let's just repeat it. Sure. So my website is Stephanie Gaytrost, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E-G-A-T-R-O-S-T.com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Okay. And we will um, provide those links down below in the information. Thank you for tuning in. And if you like this episode, please share with your friends, your coven, your congregation, or any other groups you consider your friends. I don't care where or how you share the show, just as long as you share the show. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, either message me via Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Heretic Podcast, or email me at jessiek at theheretichpodcast.com. That's J-E-S-S-I-E and the letter K at theheretichpodcast.com. This podcast has been a Crow the Raven production. As always, know your stuff before you do your stuff. And most importantly, stay spiritual and stay safe.